I want to invite Jonathan um, up here. I don't remember when we first met, but I do know that the baboos who are sitting on the front row introduced us, I don't know how many years ago it was now. He didn't remember and I didn't either, but uh, it's been several years and it's been a blessing to get to know this brother. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I might have heard stories of people that have left everything, literally sold everything, you know, Eric Liddell or different people that are on the mission field in the 1800s, but Jonathan really did that. And from one guy's surrender, uh, there now is many lives being touched. And, you know, we're grateful that uh, we have a heart in this church for India. Like I said, Lee and Zach have been there for nine years, uh, but not just there. We have a heart for other countries. But um, it is, in fact, either, I don't know who's, who has more people now, China or India? Is it like a tie? At like 1.4 billion or so. What's that? It's still, China. it's still China, but it's so close. I mean, you know, those two countries, massive number of people, and God loves every soul. And so God uh, did an unlikely thing, takes a guy from New Jersey, and you'll get a chance to hear what he's doing in his life. So Jonathan, why don't you come up and share with us? And I know that you brought John, who will be sharing as well. Good morning, Calvary Chapel, Richmond. Yes, God bless you all. Let us open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning where you have blessed us, Lord, with so many of your blessings, Lord, that many people, especially in India, they don't have, Lord. Father, we thank you for this church and their heart to seek after you, Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added into you is what you say, Lord. And we're here, Father, and we ask that you would be with us. Speak to us, Lord. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, I have a special guest and his name is John Peter. He's the president of Love Never Fails. John, if you could just stand up for a moment. John is born and raised in India. He came to America at the age of 29. And also on the screen, you'll see my wife over here, Shiny, who she has been here before, along with my son, Jace. He's now seven years old. And my wife is seven months pregnant. So um, in January, we're expecting the kingdom of God to expand by about 20 inches. And it's going to be a little girl. So... We're very excited. And let us jump into the Word of God. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 1. Luke, chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, and now this Simon is Peter before he got his name changed, Simon Peter. He said, Simon, he said, push the boat out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. And I like to say this is where Jesus had the floating pulpit. <laughs> when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, no, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. How many times does Jesus come into our life and give us unsolicited advice? You shouldn't have said that to your husband. You shouldn't have said that to your wife. Now go and ask forgiveness from your child. Like how humbling is that when you have to go to a small child and say, that was my fault, I was wrong, and that's not a good example. But those prompts of Jesus, and here he is with Peter. Peter's a master fisherman, right? Here they are. They got their net, and he's like, they know what to do with this. I can't even pull this thing apart. But this is their job. That's their profession. And, and, and Jesus comes along, and he's saying to them, go deeper. Cast your net. Jesus, I believe he's saying that to us, all of us today, as his church. Go deeper. Some of you already have the net, and some of you have already casted it. But now Jesus comes along to challenge you, because he's the God of the impossible. He's the God with no limits, and he's saying to go deeper. And what did Peter say? What did Simon say? Well, he replied, and he said, If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Verse 6. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to break. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And as soon as the boats were filled with fish, as soon as the, soon as the, uh, sorry, and soon both the boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. That's right. You see, here's Peter. He has an unsuccessful night of work. He goes to catch fish. He doesn't catch any, right? He just wants to go home and sleep it off. He's like, all right, it was a bad night. I can go back tomorrow, and hopefully it will be successful. But then Jesus comes along, and he's saying, no, I don't want you to wait. I want you to do it now because there is an urgency. You know why there's such an urgency? Because Jesus has called us to be fishers of men. And he told Simon, verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. He said, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. You know why? Because Simon doubted the results. How many times when Jesus asks us to do something, we don't want to do it? Why? Because we doubt the results. He fell to his knees. He said, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. He was awestruck by the number of fish caught. And then he says, Jesus Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Two things here. Number one, when Jesus says to go deeper and cast your net, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. In another scripture, he says, don't be afraid. Right? When he was with Joshua, he said, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear, because Jesus is calling you to the deeper. He's saying, I know you cast at your net. I know you brought in fish before, 
I know you're a fisherman because I've called you to it and I've skilled you, but now I want you to go deeper because I put more into you. And there's more fish out there that urgently need you. And then, I love it, it says, as soon as they landed, they left everything. The disciples, this was Jesus calling in disciples, they left everything. Because if you want to get closer to Jesus, if you want to have that life to where you just, you don't have a life that's just full of things, but you have a life that's fulfilled, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost your time. It's going to cost your resources. Heck, it'll even cost your reputation for people. They'll think you're crazy. Because when I left everything to India, JB and Liz will tell you, because we were talking last night, they said the whole church said you lost your mind. Because I was a teacher. I had went to college, to Rutgers University. And when God called me, all I could say is, here I am, Lord, send me. I knew that this is where he wanted me to go and cast my nets. And guess what? It was going to be deep. I mean, so deep. I couldn't overthink about it. I just, I had to act on it. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It actually took a while. So I want to encourage you guys. Be like Simon Peter. When Jesus prompts you, say, nevertheless, Lord, I will do it. And so this is what it looks like. When you follow Jesus, those prompts, and you pull in the fish. You know, there's something so cool about this scripture is, he didn't say, oh, Simon, you know what? You didn't complete a four-year bachelor degree in theological studies. Um, can't use you. Um, Simon, Peter, you know what? Uh, you really don't have much experience. You don't have 560 hours of practical approach to um, uh, discipleship. Can't use you. Jesus will use you exactly where you are. And the more people doubt you, the greater he will use you. At 15 years, of all, 15 years of age, I was incarcerated in a juvenile detention center. I dropped out of high school at 14. I never once got a high school credit. When I got into that juvenile detention center, my light flash, life flashed before my eyes. And then there was two guys that were in the cell. I was like a little kid compared to them. They were older. They threw a sheet on me, and it was not good. But that's where drugs, that's where alcohol, that's where serving the world is going to take you. Young people today, everything you need is in Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Follow the Lord. Cast your net. Find your purpose. And see, we have a little game that we play with the kids in India to get them to learn the obedience of the Lord. And it's like Simon says, but rather than Simon says, I'll test you guys, okay? Just to get you warmed up, the sublineal thinking of when Jesus says something, that we act on it. All right, Jesus says, put your hands up. Jesus says, put your hands down. Put your hands up. Jesus didn't say, gotcha. <laughs> But for little kids, we have so much fun with this game. We do dancing, and it's just a way to let them know that we want to be obedient to Jesus. And so, you know, one thing I could say is I've been very fortunate to be a part of this organization, and this organization never would have been started Love Never Fails International if it were not for Liz and JB. Because it was these guys that invited me over their house 
and put a movie on that changed my life forever. Back in 2009, when, we watched, when they put that movie on, they had no idea what Jesus was going to do and how it was going to leave everything and go to India and be with these kids in the slums and go places no person has ever been before. It's probably not from there, which I'm told often. Um, but now, you know, looking, looking forward, and it's, it's just amazing because... We've been saved, right? Jesus casted our net, his net over our life with that grace, with that love. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you guys, the net's in your hands today, and people are out there waiting for you. So let me show you this little clip about Love Never Fails International video, and then I'm going to call up John Peter. when the world is in pain and when the world needs us. There are a lot of other good causes you can be giving your dollars and your prayers to. But see, there's none better than giving a child freedom in Jesus' name. Little girls are being rescued from sex trafficking. Little boys are being freed from child labors. Today, because of Love Never Fell International, children have a new hope. Why do we pray so fervently and plan and build so enthusiastically? Why do we work all year to earn a living and then give it away extravagantly? Because we have been greatly loved by God. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We've also learned that when you give a lot, you get a lot back and sometimes you get more than you gave. See, an education can take a child where we can never bring them, but so can Jesus. Rescuing children is not just a campaign for us, it's what we do. When you give to Love Never Fails International, you're setting a child free and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is the mission of Love Never Fails International. Thank you. Don't doubt the impact that you can have when Jesus is behind it. Just like Peter, nevertheless, Lord, I will do it. You know, the mission at Love Never Fails International is to rescue, protect, and raise children in Jesus' name. Today, we have 20 centers in the country 
from one side all the way to the other. You know, India is the most unreached country in the world by far. Lots of persecution there. And yet, each week we reach over a thousand children meeting their physical, mental, and spiritual needs. We have 53 staff to oversee the centers. And since we were started, since God gave me that vision at JB and Liz's house, over 100,000 kids have been impacted with the gospel of India, with the gospel of Jesus. And you know what? I feel like we're just at the tip of the iceberg. We're just beginning because the nets are full. Our nets are so full. We're calling partners. We need help. We need help pulling in the nets. And so now I want to invite John Peter to come up and share a little bit about Love Never Fails. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Good morning, church. So my name is John Peter. Uh, on behalf of Love Never Fails International, I want to thank Pastor Tim, the leadership team, and the congregation for having us here in the morning service. Uh, so a little bit about myself. As you see, I'm from India. Uh, <laughs> you, you might get an Indian accent also from me. Um, I was born and raised up there, and when I was 29, I moved into this country. Uh, it was in the year 2000. I love this country. Uh, I am married. I have two young kids. Uh, they are teenagers. Uh, they keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two things you want to know about me. Uh, one thing is I cannot do things without papers in my hand. So my, my mind wanders here and there. So I need something in front of me to have a flow. Uh, and the second thing is I love questions. Why? Because questions reveal the heart of the matter. Right? So, hope. What is hope? So, hope has got different meanings for different people, depending on the upbringing and on their faith. So, if you ask what is hope to a believer, probably you'll get one of these answers. It's an affirmation that God is faithful and he will complete what he has begun. Uh, uh, other definition would be the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in this faithfulness. Okay, now what's the, what if I ask the same question to a non-believer? They may define faith as a belief that what they want may happen. Okay, so you take the same question and ask a child, a child who lives in the slums in India, who is probably sharing a 150 square feet room, not even a room, actually with, with sheet metal walls, sharing that place with parents. It's part of a kitchen too. Who is probably waiting for their parents to come back home so that they can get a proper meal. There is no scope of learning because their parents don't understand what learning is. And probably many times they are abused. They are told you are worthless, especially a girl child. So what is hope? 
So if I need to ask that question to that child, what is hope? You know what the answer I will get? They won't even know how to express it. So Bible says that Jesus died for us. Jews and Gentiles alike. It also says salvation is for us. Jews and Gentiles alike. And hope is for all of us. Jews and Gentiles alike. Okay. Now I'm going to ask the second question. So this time I want some response from the congregation. I'm going to see who's the geekest person in this room. <laughs> in this church. <clears throat> so... Who can tell me what structural shape in the world is the strongest? So when I say a shape, it could be a semicircle, a circle, a hexagon, a pentagon. Who can tell me which is the strongest structure? A sphere? A triangle. I heard a triangle. Yes. Triangle is the strongest stru structure. So. <laughs> uh, now, a critic like me, I, when I googled it, I wanted to figure out, is it really a triangle? Right? So, uh, I came across an interesting article, a, a small kid in 2012 in a California state fair. He did some experiments with uh, popsicle sticks. Right? So, he built structures, various structures, uh, and he subjected them to weight. Uh, so, he built structure of a, a rectangle and structures with triangles. So he found that a rectangular structure could take around 25 pounds of weight, but a popsicle structure made with triangles, it was able to take 121 pounds. It's almost five times. Now, you may wonder why I'm talking about popsicle sticks <laughs> and, um, and why I'm talking about triangles. Now, similar to these popsicle sticks, which are placed in triangles, and which is able to withstand the, the, the weights by distributing it along the sides, we believe at LNFI, an underprivileged child needs to be provided with three essentials to break away from poverty. So these three essentials, we call them as the three Cs. All right, so what is those? What are those three C's? One is the condition. An uh, example of a condition would be the basic necessities of life. Food to eat, water to drink, clean clothing to wear. That's your condition. The second C is the circumstances. An uh, example of circumstances would be a safe place to hang out. Be with other believers a place where you can get educated, a place where you can be nurtured, where you can learn. That's the circumstance. Now, the third C is the big one. Who can say what the third C is? Christ. Right. Now, we can provide favorable conditions and circumstances, but if we don't give them Christ, the hurt will remain, the humiliation will remain, the inability to give and receive forgiveness will remain. So, at LNFI, we believe in these three C's, and we want to provide our children with these three C's. So this is how we bring hope to our children we serve. Okay, the challenges in, in the field are many. 
There is constant opposition, there is persecution for the people who go to these centers. But God has been faithful and he has been protecting each one of them. Uh, now, two years ago when COVID struck, uh, there was a time when we struggled too because countries were closed. Many daily laborers lost their jobs. There was no place to work. That means there was no money coming into the family. And that meant there was no food. The situation was grim. Right? The same, similar thing happened in the United States too. Many people lost their jobs. So we lost sponsors. But for many, it meant it was a call to retreat. For us, it meant it was a call to do more. So what we did was we started an emergency COVID relief campaign. We just sent a couple of emails out, said, the need is too much. We want to do more for the people. And what did we receive? Overwhelming response. People started donating money. They started sending in thousands, in hundreds. My church donated $2,000. And with this, we were able to put care packages with medical supplies, with sanitizers, rice, flour, vegetables. And in all, by the end of it, we were able to provide more than 80,000 pounds of food to the people. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Now, during this time, God's promise for LNFI for having a safe house also started taking roots. Now, we are building a safe house in Nagpur, which is closer to Delhi, which is going to house 70 girls. They are going to be permanently residing there, getting the best education. This safe house is going to be completed in December of this year. Right? So this safe house is not only going to house them, but whoever is going to take a mission trip, they are going to be staying there and interacting with these girls. So, as the psalmist says in Psalm 118, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. So it was really, really Lord doing this and it was truly, truly marvelous in our eyes. So, during this pandemic, when we were thinking how we can get hope to these children. God had different plans. God help us to bring hope to the community. So praise God for that. Okay. Now, when you go to our website, you're going to see beautiful children with beautiful smiles, boys and girls alike. But behind these beautiful smiles, there are 10 other children or tens of them who are just waiting for a sponsor. And that is why we are here for, to give hope to these unseen children. So before I end, I just want to share a story of one of a child named Max. Now, Max, he grew up in the slums in Mankod in Mumbai. Um, it's one of the bad slums and one of the biggest in India. Now. When I was living in Mumbai, if someone would ask me to enter that slums, I would do a Jonah and run the other way. <laughs> so I would not enter that, those slums. But when he came there, he was 10 years old to our center. He was one of the fortunate ones to find a sponsor 
and he was privileged to go to an English school. Now today, he is in one of the best colleges in Mumbai, Wilson College, completely sponsored by LNFI. Now break, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a great job. Now breaking the circle of poverty in Max's life is going to break the entire generation of Max's family. Right? That's what we want to see in our children. We want to take them all the way through and get them out of poverty. So, and that's why we are here for. So, finally, thank you once again. And as we enter the season of Thanksgiving and the celebration of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, I want to wish each one of you from LNFI with a verse from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So thank you once again. Thank you, Pastor. May God bless you all. Thank you, John. Yeah, and another cool thing about Max, that kid, he lived in the worst place in the worst slum. So if you were volunteering, you gave me a tough time, I was taking you to Max's house afterwards. <laughs> That's the truth. So you know I'm honest. <laughs> but uh, Max is a worship leader. So how cool is that? What are the chances of him coming to know Christ and now being a worship leader? So it's just awesome. There's so many great stories of what God is doing and what God wants to do. Because like he said, for every child... Like this little girl, Nafu, I'm getting ready to show you her video. There is several other children that are waiting for an opportunity to be helped. Like they're like, hey, let me get caught in that net, right? Because I, that net looks good. You know, the love of Jesus is attracting. And so, as we said, we have lots of children that we work with. They come to our centers. We're impacting but each child has a name, and each child has a destiny. And this is Nafu's story.
So you see, the thing with Nafu is that you didn't hear in the story is Nafu's father rejected her because she was a girl. He didn't want a daughter. He wanted a son. Some of you probably know, but in India, it's illegal to get the ultrasound for sex determination. My first child was born there, so I went through the process. Everywhere you go, there's signs, you'll be fine this much, it's illegal, and so forth. Because a lot of times if people find out they're going to have a girl, they just kill the baby. But how many times are babies just tossed because they're girls? Some misunderstanding. And, and also, so with Nafu, the dad, he, he had some issues going on. First off, he told his daughter he hated her and rejected her. How does that feel? How do you think she felt? Do you think she felt worthy? Do you think she felt loved? Accept it. Do you think a child can thrive in that environment? You're just seeing one. Just behind Nafu, there's thousands, if not millions of kids. Thousands that love never fails can impact. Millions, I hope we can impact one day, that are exactly like her. So the dad ended up committing suicide. And being the mom, couldn't handle everything. The dad was the one providing. She took off. And there was Nafu, ended up in one of our children's homes. And now today, Nafu is thriving. She knows the Bible scripture. She's really doing good. As you could tell, her English is really picking up and improving, slowly, you know. But go into the slums, okay? Look at her background, coming from a Muslim family. Complete transformation, and it's all possible through child sponsorship. And so, you know, we're located different areas across India, and God has blessed us with this opportunity because not many people can share the word of God like love never fails. And we don't know for how long, you know? So I'm asking that you would join us today and become a child sponsor with Love Never Fails International to take your net, okay, that Jesus gave you and cast it. I know many of you are already sponsoring a child. You're probably giving to another organization. But would you go deeper for Jesus today? Would you take that step and throw out your net again and sponsor another child to give a child hope? John had some good questions, so let me ask you a question. If you knew that you can change a child's life for eternity, would you do it? Remember, leave the results to Jesus. Cast your nets. Sponsor a child. And here, there's no obligation. It's not a contract. It's not a commitment. If you're not satisfied after 30 days, okay, within 30 days, just contact us. We'll give you a full refund. That's it. We're just asking for a chance because our heart is for these kids. Like Jesus said, let the little children come to me and let the little children that feel like they're worthless, that they were rejected from their fathers, that they live in the slums, they live in a little box, they don't even know what hope is, like, you know, let them come to Love Never Fails so we can introduce them to an education in Jesus. So what do they get? You know, some of the kids um, that are looking for sponsors today, and you can change their whole life. You can give them an opportunity. But what do they get in child sponsorship? Well, one is they're going to get an education. What a better way to break poverty than an education? How about this? An English education they're going to get. You know, Doug, um, how many of you know Doug here? Doug Proietti. Pro, I think I probably butchered his name a little bit, but 
He's not here. He left. I saw him the first service. So Doug, okay, um, he sponsors a couple little girls, three of them. And I know two of them live in one area. They go to the best school in Nagpur. I've had people come up to me. How are you guys putting all these kids in that school? I'm like, we trust in God. Mera Prabhu Mahane. My God is great. Like, we don't serve a second-class, third-class God, right? We, go, we serve the God of the supernatural. And so he's going to meet his girls in two weeks. He's coming to India on a mission trip. Actually, he has three. Another one lives in a different area, but we're going to go there too. And they're starting to learn English, you know? And it, it's, it's really just such an amazing ministry that we have this opportunity, you know, to share the gospel. And so... You're going to give them the gospel, education, they're going to get healthy food, they're going to get health care, and they're going to have a place where they can go, all right? And they're going to be in a safe atmosphere where they can thrive. But none of this is possible without a sponsor, because it's your support and your prayers that's making a difference. So can I have my volunteers come up, Bella and Annabelle? I'm going to, uh, now everybody's going to get a card of a kid. And I want you to pray for them, these children, okay? Pray that God would open up their eyes to accept Jesus as their Savior, all right? And then also pray and ask if God would have you to sponsor this child today. That's between you and him. And, you know, if you do go through with it, if you sense that God is leading, this is what you'll do. You'll take the card out of the packet, all right? You'll open it up. Then on the bottom, it's perforated. Just tear it off. This one you keep. It'll have your child's picture. It's going to have information about your child, home life. Then on the back, it's going to have information about the part of India that they live in. And then take this card. If you can fill out the front and then fill out the back too. And then bring this to the sponsorship table after the service. And no obligations. If you don't sponsor, just bring the card back to us. And we'll just trust God that he will provide. But maybe he wants to use you today. Maybe he wants to challenge you. I mean, you know, we had a lady that gave $300,000 to build the girl's safe house that John was talking about. That will be done next month. You know, and then we had another person that gave $50,000 to buy the land. Now I'm troubled because now we have somebody else that comes to me. They want to buy property and they want to do something with it. And, you know, I'm not asking you for $300,000. Okay, I'm not asking you for $50,000. I'm just asking if you would sponsor a kid for $39 a month. And let me tell you, you will make a profound impact in that child's life. You can exchange letters with them. You can exchange pictures. You can even come visit because Liz is going to go on a mission trip um, in July. And so she's looking to recruit people. And I believe Doug will go back too and... Um, I even offered your pastor a completely sponsored trip from Love Never Fails to get him over there. <laughs> Does that sound good? All right, let us just take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing things you're doing our live, Lord, how you've blessed us, Lord, so above and beyond Ephesians 3.20, Lord. We're so grateful for every blessing you've given us and our families, how you meet our needs. But Father, help us to extend that love that never fails to these children in India, Lord, so that they may come to know you as the risen Savior, their hope, Lord.
Father, I pray that you would just speak to the people today as they receive the cards. And if it's your will, Lord, you would put it on their heart to become a sponsor. And we pray you would bless all these children, Lord, that are waiting for a sponsor today, Lord God, and that you would use Love Never Fails to impact India's in ways in India in ways that it has never been impacted with the gospel ever before. We trust in you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Just going to close out. Oh, volunteers, you can please uh, pass out the cards. I'm going to share a little story with you because I know sometimes you can feel like, well, what's the hope? Because there's so much need, right? Like, what difference can you make? And some people will say, oh, you're naive. But I believe we serve a big God. And when he's behind what we're doing, he can make the supernatural happen. And, you know, because of JB and Liz, they invited me over. They, they have a part in every single thing that love never fails accomplishes. Because they said, yes, nevertheless, Lord, we'll let this guy come to our house. You know, and, and they showed love. And so this right here is a starfish. And one day there was an old man. He was walking out at the beach. And he sees some kid in the far and he's looking. So he goes over there. He's wondering, he sees this little kid and he's taking the starfish and he's throwing them in the water and the old man starts to laugh. <laughs> he's like, oh, little boy. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you see, sir, I'm taking these starfish. I'm picking them up because the sun is so bright and it will kill them all. And if I don't make a difference, I'm putting them back in the water. And the old man, he says to him, little boy. There must be millions of them. You can't possibly make a difference. So the little boy walks over. He picks one up. He throws it into the water. And he says, you see, I just saved that one. Then he walks over. He picks up another one. He throws it so far into the water. And he says, I just saved another one. So I want to leave you with that today, that you have the opportunity to save a child today from poverty, let them know about the Lord. And thank you very much, Pastor Tim, for having us here today. And I hope to meet you after the service at the child sponsorship table. God bless you all. Well, thank you guys for coming. Um, it was back in early part of the year again, uh, we had planned to do a day for Love Never Fails International, and I'd been talking to Doug about doing it, because I told Doug, I said, well, I talked to Jonathan, and he said there's no way he can get to Richmond this year, so Doug, you're going to do it. Uh, it would have been just like a 15-minute thing, and, um, but you know, we haven't had you here in over two years because of the pandemic. Matter of fact, uh, Sam, who's coming later, hasn't been here in over two years, so Maybe that's why God's saying you guys need to hear uh, in this church what God is doing around the world. And not just hear it from, you know, second party or just read it on a website, but actually hear directly from John Peter and from Jonathan Krauss and uh, last week um, as well. But uh, the opportunities uh, are so tremendous. D.L. Moody said in the 1800s, he said, the nations are perishing for the want of gospel tidings. We are a long time getting them to the world. 
America has people enough and money enough to do it all to send the gospel around this globe. D.L. Moody believed in the late 1800s, and he was right that America had the means and the manpower. But even to this day, I want to say, and Zach and Lee, you might, I think it's about less than 1% of all churches' funds go to international missions, right? Less than 1%. Of mo- that's, that's, that's the norm. I don't know if you guys knew that too, but that, that's fairly normal um, in, in, in the American churches. So we can build massive structures, we can build campuses and satellites and all kinds of stuff, and yet there's people that, I don't know if you see on the screen, one meal a day, one hot meal a day, these kids are ecstatic to get one hot meal a day. So um, God is telling us that you can't say that you love, and the book of James says, hey, be warm, but don't give a coat. Jesus, James says that faith without works is dead to say, hey, you be warm, take good care of yourself, can you do anything? I wish I could. Remember the, uh, the, the, the Samaritan, they just kind of go around and somebody else will take care of it. So I don't know exactly why God has wanted us to hear these voices uh, this month, but I know it's good for me. I sat through the first service, and I'm more touched the second time around than I was the first time around, just because God wants you to really see that each, not four, she's just one person, but every soul matters to God. Amen? And it is daunting. It is daunting. How do you reach 1.3 billion people, or if it's China, 1.4 billion people? How do you do that? It is one at a time, Uh, but I love that Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Isn't that great to know? That maybe, just maybe, God says, just do the little you can, and then I'll explode it. I mean, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jonah, you mentioned Jonah around the other way. Jonah didn't even like the Ninevites, and they, a bunch of them got saved, right? So God can do the impossible. Ours is to just respond with obedience. I love Jonathan just casting that net. And so uh, we have an opportunity just to pray and continue to pray for these ministries, uh, God will do a great, great work. And one other thing that struck me, and I'm going to invite the worship team back up here because we are going to close in worship and then uh, I'll pray and then we'll be dismissed. Um, you know, the world is always trying to, uh, I, when I was in corporate America, you know, we had all kinds of programs to United Way giving campaign was one, you know one month out of the year. You ever you know, any of you in companies? You have the giving campaign and they, you know match everything and 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 you can and you can win something and all this other stuff. And then you have HR people fostering diversity and all this stuff. God does all of that by the Holy Spirit, and it's natural. It's supernatural. He just actually gives us a heart for people all over the world. He doesn't have to uh, have a giving campaign. He has the Holy Spirit to say, I've been gracious to you. You now be gracious to others. And uh, the, the Lord has given this church. We have a heart for all these places that we've not met. Half, most of these people we've not met, but we still care for them anyway. And I believe God will honor that. And the little bit that we kind of plant now, I look forward to what you're telling us five years from now. That, hey, you know, amazingly enough, and it's not just us, you know, the other churches and the other uh, body of Christ and other parts of the United States and around the world that are giving, they'll be part of that too. But I believe that Jesus will someday say, 
going back to the investment. You put in two, I made it four. You put in five, I made it ten. And we're talking about souls. You're not taking any money to heaven. It's not going to be worth anything, right? You, you can only take, Jesus said, lay up treasure in heaven. Uh, and so we have a great opportunity to partner, and I'm thanking you guys. Let's give them one more round of applause. Thank you for coming. They are guests, but they are family. Why don't you stand as we just close in worship?